Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. Welcome to July. Did, did we do a show in July already? It's, this week's been crazy. No, no, it's only the 6th, and okay. so no. <laughs> yes, of course. All I had to do was look at the calendar and realize, impossible. <laughs> Ugh. All right. Especially, yeah, we're we're a day late this week too because of the Fourth of July messing up all of the schedules. <laughs> yes, yeah, we we did push a day so that your American friends could uh, to, could do a podcast without fireworks in the background. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was actually really funny because we recorded uh, Angry Chicken yesterday, and there was such a bad thunderstorm right over top of Garrett's house that there were a couple of times where like it broke through the noise gate and it was just like which actually kind of helped the whole vibe because we were talking about the new Hearthstone expansion is murder murder at Castle Denathrius so or Castle Nathria (laughs) where Sire Denathrius is murdered and it's like a whole murder mystery thing so like the thunder rolling in the background really helped (laughs) with the ambiance of the angry chicken last night but yeah, it was really funny. You said no fireworks in the background and the thunder was worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what? it's good that he didn't have to uh, dig up his own sound clips to support the uh, the topic. Right? That's good. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so, yeah, I'm really glad that uh, we are getting to do a show this week and that, you know, scheduling wasn't as much of a nightmare as we, you know, possibly could have been. But um because it was a holiday weekend, <laughs> I had like people over and said, we actually had people over Ryan for the first time in like forever. We did board games and bonfires all weekend. So I didn't have a lot of time to actually play anything. But I did want to point out because uh, the Steam sale is going on right now. And I think it ends uh, in probably tomorrow. Um, but Raft has launched, uh, their final chapter. So it's like their, their 1.0 update. It's, uh, the kind of final pieces of the story. Everything's all kind of done now. They actually revamped the story leading up to the final stuff. Uh, there's two new locations and I hadn't been in Raft for quite a while. I can't remember if we played it at Extra Life last year or not, but, um, I kind of feel it was like eight months or a year ago last time I really touched the game and it's kind of a it's just a really nice relaxing kind of experience so I was like you know what I'm going to jump back in I'm going to see what what's in this 1.0 update um and then and play through the whole story because I've never made it to the end I think um we had a raft with us and Josh Mm -hmm. and Val Uh... I feel like there was four of us on the raft you know what? Oh, no, no, Josh's. I think it was Josh's sister. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah. Um. Anyways, and so we did like the first chapter of story stuff. I remember going to a couple different places. I remember the island with the bears <laughs> that <laughs> murdered us real hard. Yeah. <laughs> but we never actually like got to the end. So I was like, I'm going to start a whole new raft. Uh, I promptly abandoned it because I built it really poorly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to start again, again. <laughs> but um, I did not realize that uh, the shark is not the only um, ocean character (laughs) anymore. (laughs) And so there was one point within the first couple of minutes of the game where I was just starting to like build my raft and I, I turned around. So I only have like nine little squares to stand on. And I turned around and like right up in my face is this like giant, like blue whale tail. It scared the crap out of me, Ryan. It was so big. (laughs) Whoa. I didn't realize they added blue whales. Yeah, it didn't like attack me or anything. It just kind of like swam underneath the boat and like whatever and went away. But I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) It scared me so bad because I was just expecting my little shark bro that I poke in the face with a stick for the first two hours. (laughs) And all of a sudden it was gigantic, bigger than me in my raft, whale tail in my face. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it scared uh, me. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that would scare me too. I mean, there's something about, uh, you know, the the open ocean and the way that game captures it. Uh, mm-hmm. it it's just wild. And I remember when we did play it for Extra Life, I think by the time I jumped in, we had, Josh had set up this, raft that was sort of self-sustaining and it was all good Mm -hmm. to go and um it was really just the islands you had to worry about like basically yeah bear island was was not great 
Yeah, we just had to kind of make it from one one place to another and kind of follow the story. Yes. Yeah. So it's interesting that they've added the final chapter and, and that you can experience the full story that they've been setting up uh, on on all those islands and stuff. So that's really neat. Yeah. So I kind of uh, I, I'm going to play it over the next probably month or so and and try to actually see the whole story and like play the whole game. Because, I mean, when we started, I can't even remember when Raft Early Access actually started, but it was years ago. And it was like the whole game was basically just gathering supplies and then making your raft. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and then, you know, like they added a couple of more like flora and fauna to the islands that you would happen across. And it, it took a while for them to actually add in like a story kind of quest line thing. And uh, and I mean, yeah, I just by the time they added all that stuff in, I'd kind of moved off the game a little bit. But like, it's a really fun it's like a fun survival game because I find like a lot of survival games really put emphasis on the combat. And this more puts emphasis on like the resource gathering, which makes it a little more chill, <laughs> even though you like you have to worry about like thirst and hunger and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like it just you you could just chill out. <laughs> nice. Well, that's really good. I'm I mean, uh, you know, when you're not being attacked by giant whales, that is. <laughs> I was just about to say <laughs> outside of the. The, the whales uh, interrupting your, your journey. Um, My serenity, yep. <laughs> I mean, can the whales hurt you, though? Well, I don't think so. It just, like, have you ever seen, like, those aerial, I don't know if they're, like, drone photos or whatever of, like, the kayaker with the giant whale swimming underneath? Yes, yeah. Okay, it was that. <laughs> oh. Okay. And so it was just, like, it was unsettling because it was, like, he could just roll over and murder me and not even realize. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. It was just it was a size thing. It was like, you are so big and I am so small. <laughs> you don't even know that I am here. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah, that uh, that is not great. Although like. But yeah, he didn't attack me or anything and I didn't see him again. But then I I didn't play for too, too much longer before totally abandoning my raft and starting over again. And he didn't show up right at the beginning of my next playthrough. So I think maybe it's just kind of a random thing. And there were also like swarms of like jellyfish in the water, which I was still on a very small raft. So I didn't jump in to swim with the jellyfish to see if they would actually hurt me. But uh, and uh, yeah, because also, you know, the shark <laughs> will definitely hurt me. Uh, but yeah, so uh, they they've definitely added more to the world to make it feel more oceany <laughs> like more populated cool because i remember when we were playing th there's always a shark right yes there's okay. always a shark yeah yeah so there's always a shark chasing you uh, hunting you you can you can take it out it will go away for a little bit but it'll always come back and it's sort of yes. part of the story um, or, or I guess just the journey. Well, yeah, it's part of the challenge, right? Cause you need something that's going to threaten your raft to make you kind of continue on the tech tree. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the shark will take it literal bites out of your raft. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is still a thing. <laughs> yeah. And early on that can be a, a bit, uh, a bit troublesome. Uh, later on it's just like, it's, it's more of a chore. I remember when we were playing, uh, when the shark would attack, it was more just like, ah, oh, I gotta go take care of what uh i don't even know if we had a name for the shark or you know but uh, well it's obviously bruce <laughs> yeah oh right yeah we had to go take care of uh old bruce he took a bite out of the left most <laughs> quadrant it would be really really funny because uh, at one point the raft we had with josh was so big that like we would just be walking around trying to collect stuff and like a big chunk would be taken out of the back and we're like <laughs> <laughs> when did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> Guess we just repair this with our gajillion resources. <laughs> yeah, we were fine, and, and yeah. Bruce was was uh, more full for it. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. I remember that uh, being a lot of fun. So the fact that it, it's hit 1.0, we'll have to add it onto our extra life list because uh, I remember really enjoying it. Um, you know, but I do remember the early early game can be a little. Uh, it, it can be stressful as a shark is chasing you and you're trying to collect the very basic uh, pieces that you need to, to make your raft uh, work. But, you know, like most survival crafting games, I think that they've really they've probably really worked on the early game stuff. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 
Uh, and it is, uh, oh, apparently the offer ends in 16 hours, but it is currently 15% off. So, yeah, it's likely to go on sale a bunch of times. Yeah, it's only I mean, it's only $20 or $22 Canadian. So probably 20 American, maybe less. <laughs> so I, I do highly recommend it, though, even without playing through the final story chapter yet. I think it's a really, really fun survival game and you can do some really creative stuff. Yeah, And they've also like, you know, when you um go into the game at first and there's always like a character sitting on a raft, like in the in the original like menu launch screen. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they actually had like community submissions to like send in like your your rafts. And so they picked like the five best and now they're featured in the like splash menu. That's really cool. Yeah, they're they're really like uh, they're very community oriented. And and yeah, so I I really like them. I love to support the developer. I think they've done a really good job and, and it's a good game. So go and check it out again. That's raft. I play it on Steam. It might be available in other places now. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's really fun. Go check it out. And Ryan, you have finally finished up the the whole Game Club 13 Sentinels game thing. Yes. Explain. Yeah, <laughs> I will. Uh, so Game Club, the the first Gamers in Game Club that we've done. And, and you might have you might be thinking, oh, I, I did not hear of this. Well, uh, we did talk about it a couple times in the show, but um, this was our, our sort of our first foray into a, a more um, traditional uh, game club approach we've 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 played games and then we've talked about it on, on the show we've brought guests on and stuff but this was more of like a community driven event where we decided to pick one game and really it stemmed from uh jim coming on the show talking about 13 sentinels aegis rim and then me saying that sounds really interesting i should play that someday and um fast forward a year or a bit later and i had not played it yet and, and finally <laughs> i was like okay i'm buying it it's coming out on Switch April 2022. Let's figure out a way to make this happen. And I said, you know what's a great way to make me play this is if everybody else was doing it at the same time. <laughs> so uh, we we did finally get around to starting our game club for 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. And over the last two and a half months, we've been playing through it a chunk at a time. And, you know, shout out to Jim, Jimmy the Shovel in Discord, who has been our sort of uh you know leader in this game club he's been playing ahead he's he's obviously played the game before and each week he would play ahead to sort of figure out which chunks we would play because the way the game's set up it's not like a um a traditional narrative game where you are basically uh doing it chapter by chapter you have separate chunks of the game there's like battle mode which is a more traditional strategy uh, turn-based strategy type system uh, and then you also have uh, what they call I think remembrance which is more of the visual novel slash narrative side of it and that narrative is split up between 13 characters uh, I think maybe there's more actually in there I I, I only said 13 because honestly there's it's it's in the title of the game <laughs> I could be wrong I swear I played it I did all the homework eventually i was gonna say i thought you played the game i did but like no <laughs> part of me is thinking like okay there are 13 characters in the name of the game and that that is important to the game uh there are 13 uh sentinel pilots Sentinels? yeah <laughs> yes uh but i'm trying to remember i think there are a few extra characters in the remembrance right segment honestly <laughs> you are giving me like didn't do the homework but now has to do a book report vibes <laughs> yes well you know and what like you're standing up in front of the class being like there's 13 uh sentinels yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is i did play the game and it's just it's part of me and like i'm second guessing myself of like <laughs> is it 13 uh you know people in that section I'm, lo I'm looking it up i'm looking it up and yes it very much you you nailed the feeling of it i'm even having like panic attacks as i'm like thinking back to school like oh my god i forgot to read the book and there's no movie for the book and it's even worse if you if you watch so the, how are we supposed to know how many sentinels there are well i know there are 13 sentinels i mean it's right there in the title oh god uh, you know what it's not even that important really it, to be honest i, I could have sailed past this without making it seem like I so I did play the game and we did complete game club and so essentially the remembrance section is split into 
a, a variety of, of, of sections based on each character. And then each character's story uh, gets locked based on, you know, oh, you got to go do, you got to go. Uh, so one of them was uh, one of the characters, Renya Goto. I remember his name. Uh, names, also terrible with names. So I can't be faulted mm. for that. A lot of people had trouble with names. But uh, Goto was one of those characters where you couldn't get past 20% of his story until you had all the other characters to 80% of their story. So that's kind of how they would sort of... Okay, so it wasn't like a chapter one, two, three. It was like each of these characters had some amount of percentage. So you kind of had to jump around between them. Yes. And it made perfect sense once you played the chapters. Like, oh yeah, I see now why they locked this person's story uh, until we had everybody else basically complete. And, you know, there really is, you know, uh, one path that you can take while playing the game. But there are, you know, different... Um, you can maybe jump, okay, I, I really like this character, so I'm going to play uh, as much um, of this character as I can. Okay, I've hit a lock. How do I get past this lock? I got to go, you know, do a specific mission for a specific character, and then I can come back. And really, those locks are put in place so that you don't jump ahead in the story, because it, the story is very much a mystery of what's going on, and you're kind of piecing it together alongside all the other characters. So it worked really well in my mind as a game club game, because each week you could come in and really uh, the start of all of our conversations was basically, if you go into any um, GIF searching platform and just type like red yarn, uh, 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 always sunny oh, in Philadelphia yeah, 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 yeah. is basically the first thing anyone would ever post or, or discuss or whatever it's right and then it's you like, just get to go like deep into the mystery solving and the fan theories and the the whodunits of it all <laughs> yeah yeah although there was one week where we basically just talked about the food that some of the characters were eating because there's like a lot of like <laughs> delicious food it's a it's a whole thing there's a lot of stuff about this game that uh led to some some conversations about you know food like 80s movies sci-fi and then you know there was when we actually got around to talking about the story uh, giant robots and all that fun stuff so yeah it was a great experience so you said that, that someone was going ahead and playing every week to to find like the natural kind of break points in the story and that was important because you guys had uh, actually used Discord in a really cool way. And if you guys want to go and like join into the game club, even though it's it's mostly complete now, if you want to play 13 Sentinels alongside the guys, um, they actually did a really cool thing where like every week was split off into a separate thread. So like you can go you can follow along the game club even though like they're technically like done now, like the game's done, but you can go into like week one, see what they played, play that part, then join the conversation without getting spoiled with all the later stuff in the story. So um, it is bit.ly slash TGI discord if you guys want to go and join it. But uh, it's a really cool idea and it seemed to go pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. The thread system worked really well. Um, we, so if you go into the game club channel, uh, I've pinned sort of every, um, discussion point that like er every sort of piece of information you would need to, to start the game club. And then every thread uh, starts with the, the chunk of story that we played. So when you jump into those threads, it'll jump you right to the top. You'll see like the progression that you had to make. Uh, I'm pretty sure I also pinned every time Jim posted our homework uh, session as well. <laughs> so if you go into the game club, channel and go to pins you'll see first of all you'll see a visual sort of aid for all the characters which was something we all needed because again like it, there's a lot going on and sometimes characters will fall off the map and you won't get back to them for a while and it's like okay mm. i need a reminder of who all these folks are a lot of moving pieces uh so i should be forgiven for my earlier uh confusion but um <laughs> yeah so you'll and it's all based on progression so there's no spoilers there in the homework sections of just like okay you got to get this character this percentage do these battles and then you're good for that week right yeah so i see like for instance like week seven character name percentage character name percentage and then area two waves five to seven i'm guessing that's part of the battle thingy yeah so that's the battle yeah. stuff yeah and uh you know, we we did have uh, someone jump in late. They would revive the threads. So if you want, you can go in, just go to the thread section of the Game Club text channel and you can see all the threads that are there. They are, they are archived, but they're not deleted. You can revive them if you want to jump in later. 
We had someone who had finished the game earlier, wasn't doing Game Club, but wanted to jump in for the final discussion, which is also fine. If you've played the game before and just want to kind of jump in and have a chat about your thoughts, um, we did some sort of overall, like, hey, what did you think about the story, the gameplay, that sort of stuff. So there are those conversations as well that happened. And um, yeah, it worked. It worked really well. And we all had a great time. And obviously, the next conversation is like, what do we do next? And uh, there are some ideas. I think the threading works really well for sort of a narrative chapter based game. And um, basically, right now, we're going to be looking for suggestions. So if anyone has any suggestions that they'd like to throw into sort of a, a, a poll we're going to be putting out later on. Um, you can just go into the Game Club channel and, you know, voice your 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 thoughts. Uh, for me, though, I was thinking we'd do something a little smaller, maybe look at um, Portal or Portal 2 and, like, do a everyone play it, finish it, and then we'll have a, a chat coming back to that game because as Jocelyn uh, Googled earlier before we started recording, that game is 15 years old. Yeah, and the sequel was is well. The sequel came out the same year we started the show, <laughs> so twenty it came out in April twenty eleven. So it's eleven years old. So yeah. these games are getting up there, but I think really still stand up, right? So I mean, and they just had the re release on Switch. They released the whole uh, what is it called the Companion Cube package or something. Um, so yeah, I think it's on my list of things that I'll probably play on vacation. <laughs> And uh, but yeah, I think if you guys have any suggestions at all of what would make a good game club game, then uh, do let us know. And uh, then, yeah, we'll we'll see what everybody wants to do. And if you guys want to make Ryan play another 13 week game, that works, too. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Uh, another suggestion that went out because uh, I don't want to seem as though I'm uh, playing favorites, but I think a suggestion came out uh, for Pyre, which is a super giant game that came out um a few years ago, it and it, it would be more of a narrative, uh, like a traditional um, linear experience where there are chapters. You're able to sort of say, okay, we'll play chapter one and two for this week. Um, I'm trying to remember like Supergiant Games. Their last, well, their last game would have been Hades. So the one before that mm. um, was Pyre. Yeah, I vaguely remember like it rings a bell. It's P-Y-R-E, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's one I have not played uh, to completion, but it is one that I do own and have played a little bit of. So I would I would also be happy with that. But we wanted to to throw it out as a as a vote. So we'll take suggestions for, you know, next couple of weeks and then we'll put a poll out. And obviously I'll update everybody here when we have more details. But uh, yeah, the first TGI Game Club went really well and I was really happy having finished uh, 13 Sentinels. It was a really interesting game that I probably wouldn't have played to completion uh without the game club so yeah it was fun <laughs> that's good i'm glad you guys had a good time uh if you guys would like to support the gamers in and all the content that we are creating head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in just like will p and paul m did thank you guys so much for the support you are our july patrons you will hear your name right here every week uh, we very much appreciate the support. And again, if you would like to support the show and all of the content we create, patreon.com slash the gamers in. That brings us to the news this week. We, we have a lot of kind of fun stories for you this week. Uh, so <laughs> a fan bought 30,000 pounds of Nintendo. So like pounds, like British pound, not like he printed them out on paper and it was <laughs> pounds of Nintendo stock uh, to ask about an F-Zero sequel. I I had to include this story because it is so fun to think that someone... So, you know, shareholder meetings, there is like a certain threshold uh, to, to get to ask a question. And even that is not right. guaranteed. But uh, this fan purchasing, you know, 5 million yen worth of Nintendo stock to have the chance to ask a question of uh of what i assume would be the board or or the leadership at nintendo and he and he actually did get to ask the question in which the nintendo president answered and basically gave like most of the answers to the questions that come up are um you know very ceo approved type answers right and, yeah <laughs> you know, it's basically like hey you very know. pr filtered exactly like they this is not their their first time answering these type of questions because they do have shareholders that will often ask like hey 
Mario's big. When are we going to get more Mario? And it's like, we are always working, you know, that sort of robotic PR response. But essentially they said like, yeah, we're always looking to develop new titles and including sequels, but you know, we can't take every request in, into effect. Right, but we, we can't remake yeah. every game. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And, uh, it's the the story here being just you know buying a bunch of stock to get to a- ask a question is just it's such a fun premise of like I wouldn't be surprised if this is not the first time this has happened like honestly it's mm-hmm. I'm sure there have been other stories where this has come up but uh, it's an expensive uh, question to ask I mean that seems like a lot of money it it does seem like a lot of money so I guess the you had to own a hundred shares of Nintendo in order to. Uh, to, to get into the meeting. Um, and yeah, I guess Nintendo was worth 56,000 yen at the time. So yeah, man, that's a big investment. <laughs> but I mean, like, again, it is an investment, right? He could always turn around and sell it now that he's asked the question. <laughs> yes. Now, part of the story was that I guess he had sold some of his other stock and, and, you know, he'd always wanted to invest in, in Nintendo and, and, uh, yeah, like it's not it's not like he's it's not like he's sitting there with worthless stock. Yeah, he didn't just do it to ask this question, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a much better headline. <laughs> oh, yeah. it Like the headline being person buys 100 shares of Nintendo stock. The end. That's not as interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if that was a news story every time it happened? Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> well, oh, man, that would uh I'm sure those news stories are are happening within Nintendo. Like, hey, we just sold 100 stock. I don't know how that would work. But yeah, uh, this guy wanted to know more about F-Zero. I agree. Let's let's get another F-Zero game. But I'm not buying stock to to ask that question. Uh, We also had on the official Xbox stream uh, (laughs) a streamer who was there uh, guest streaming the Avengers with the lead. I guess it was the lead designer was on the stream. Yeah, so right? yeah, the lead, so the Avengers lead designer Brian Wagoner was either I didn't watch the clip. I've I've just seen the news, but essentially it sounds like they were present for the stream in the sense that like the streamer knew the lead designer was there, uh, and this might have all just happened within the stream. Like in my mind, it's like it was in the text chat, but. I think the way they describe it of like, I don't like uh, the face that Brian is making, which is like a classic, like you probably should stop talking, but yeah. So they're, they're actually, so I'm just, I just looked at the clip now and they're actually, they're on camera on stream together Oh, (laughs) playing Avengers. (laughs) Oh yeah. So yeah, (laughs) I feel so bad for the developer because honestly, you know, we've talked about Marvel's Avengers before and that game uh, has, you know, has has seen has gotten its fair share of of flack for being a you know a very focused uh, service game of you know um, very repetitive gameplay, but like some really cool Marvel heart that honestly fades away once they just once you get past that story, once you pa- get past the campaign, it's really just you know repeating the same missions over and over again, and and um, they just did add Mighty Thor. Um, in in time with the launch of uh, the new Thor movie that's going to be coming out later this week. Love and Thunder. Yeah. I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm also, okay, and I mean, while we're talking about Marvel games and, and hype and launching stuff, um, the season two of Marvel Snap in the beta is also the Thor Love and Thunder, um, like, battle pass, season pass, whatever. Um, so I'm like, I'm just fully immersed in Thor right now. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't wait for this movie. It's going to be so good. <laughs> Natalie Portman's back. Oh, it's going to be so good. Anyways, video games is marketing tools. Avengers go. <laughs> exactly. So essentially what happened here is uh, in the stream, I guess the, the streamer, uh, their voice coach, they said, oh, well, I heard a thing that my voice coach is actually going to be voicing She-Hulk. And they went on to say like, so I guess She-Hulk's going to be coming to the game next. And he said, oh, I don't know if this is public knowledge or not. And as I said, like, well, based on the face that Brian's making, probably not. And and the developer did say, nope, uh, no, we have not. We have never announced <laughs> She-Hulk. Um, awkward. So I guess it got really awkward. And, and, you know, the lead designer, Brian, did confirm we're working on our next hero. We haven't said who it's going to be yet. But 
Um, it seems as though, you know, Marvel Avengers has sort of pivoted towards like, okay, our next hero will be whatever, um, whatever the MCU is doing. So again, they, we, we got mighty Thor. That was the last hero added after, uh, we got Spider-Man, Spider-Man being part of the marketing deal with, with Sony. Um, and Spider-Man was kind of their last hero that they sort of, um, had announced, pretty much right at the begin, right at the launch of the game. So they pretty much confirmed the next year of content being added to Marvel Avengers and then went silent after that in terms of heroes. So we got Mighty Thor last um, week, actually, and it seems like She-Hulk will be their next project. Although, I mean, if if she is launching... Yeah, in, in spite of the what was said on the stream, it seemed like both the streamer and the developer tried to, like, walk it back. And it's like, dudes, it's out there now. Like, <laughs> there's no taking it back or glossing this over. Like, streamer was like, I don't actually know if it's true or not. And then the developer was like, we're definitely working on another hero, but we haven't said who. <laughs> it's like, okay, now everyone knows. You should probably just lean into this. Yeah. In my opinion. <laughs> I, well, here's the thing. I, I mean, this this story broke today. Uh, it probably happened. I, I would imagine the stream took place yesterday um, in terms of J- July. I think July 5th is when it happened. So I mean, it would be I I would I could see the team pivoting and announcing She-Hulk um, next week just to kind of like get ahead of get get ahead of these stories that are going to be coming out of like, yeah, we know the next hero is is She-Hulk. And, and here's the thing, like, you know, it makes sense in terms of pairing it with the MCU. Uh, She-Hulk is going to be coming to Disney Plus, I think, mid-August. And uh, obviously Mighty Thor paired with Thor Love and Thunder. But the other thing is, is that. I, I did play a bit of Mighty Thor in um, Marvel Avengers, and as you would imagine, it is she is her own character. She is her, her has her own abilities, but very similar to Thor. I mean, it it, it she makes is sense. Thor. She's yeah, she is Thor. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So again, like it's you also look at Hulk and you know taking Hulk's uh, um, kit and basically applying it to She Hulk. That would be again. Like, I don't think it's as close to, like, a clone character. There's a lot that goes into developing, you know, these additional heroes. It's not just a clone like you would see in, in not even the last Smash Well, She-Hulk isn't a skin for Hulk. Like, no. Yeah. No, this will be, it'll be a new hero for sure. But again, they have that, that base within the gameplay to basically um, have, like I said, the base for a new character. Like, we can give her abilities similar to Hulk. She is her own character. But there is less design work that has to go into it. Like when adding Spider-Man, they had to put in a whole new like grappling system and swinging. Right. And it did not apply very well. And I think Hulk and Hulk and Thor were some of the most, you know, fun heroes to play as. So, again, giving us other heroes with a similar kit, I think, is a really cool way to go about it. And honestly, I kind of wish they had done something similar with like Moon Knight when, when Moon Knight came out. Uh, in March uh, on Disney plus it would have been interesting to see them take uh, I think you could have you know used uh, Black Panther's kit and applied that to Moon Knight and that would have been really cool Um, but yeah like that show was pretty bad though (laughs) uh, yeah I mean the show was is not their greatest but I I didn't mind it but it would have been cool it was okay but yeah it would kind of yeah yeah but uh, yeah, so it looks like She-Hulk will be next, and uh, this guy is going to have to work on his apologies if he's going to work. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I don't know if you come back from that <laughs> yeah. in terms of like working with devs again, like not even just the the like devs behind Avengers, but then like any other dev is going to look at that and go, well, he can't keep a secret. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't like he had been told the information from by the developers i think he just had a connection through well his, yeah i think yeah. it would have been the the voice actress really who would be the one who would be breaking an nda right yeah i, I yeah i'm it's it's hard to say it was basically he shared yeah he shared a thing he wasn't supposed to know in the first place so <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't know cuz you know obviously every company has their own ndas and who knows like it might have some sort of overarching sweeping thing where you're not allowed to reveal anything about the the 
company or the product or the game or whatever. Like, I don't know, everybody's NDAs are going to be different depending on your level of access. But like, yeah, I don't know, man, that's a bit It's a big slip up and they might not like, go after him, but he's going to be hard pressed to find work directly with devs again, I would think. Or maybe nobody cares. Who knows? <laughs> it's, it's tough to say. Yeah. Uh, in keeping with the Thor theme, uh, God of War Ragnarok now has a release date of November 9th and Thor's hammer is going to be in the game. Yes. So, you know, uh, God of War, the reboot is based on North mythology. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, Thor going on in there. And uh, <laughs> Ragnarok actually is is going to feature Thor uh, heavily. And of course, Sony has prepped four or five different <laughs> collector's edition packaging that you can get. Um, the game is launching November 9th, 2022. So it's coming out this year. PS4 and PS5. Um, this is uh, unlike Horizon. This game is going to be launching with the $10 upgrade between PS4 and PS5. So it is not a free upgrade. Um, but these collector's editions, Jocelyn, I don't know if you looked into this, but there's a cloth map in the most expensive one. I don't know if I should have told you that, but uh, <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. I still haven't played the first God of War, and I'm looking at this like super ultra mega collector's edition, and I'm like, oh, there's a cloth map, yeah. there's a Molnir replica. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, fans of the show, if you've been listening since episode one, I don't know if we discussed it, but like there was definitely some cloth map madness going on when it came to I think the Skyrim collector's edition. Uh, yeah, it was either, uh, could have been Skyrim, could have been Zelda, but yeah, basically if there's a cloth map, um, I'm in, <laughs> which is ridiculous because like other than the Horizon Forbidden West, uh, collector's edition map, I don't have any of, like, I can't put my hands on any of them. Like they're all like in storage, probably still folded up in the original collector's edition boxes and stuff. Like I don't display them. <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> and the horizon one i haven't even officially like framed yet because it's still like i'm i i have it like spread out trying to get because it has like the i've been folded too long wrinkles in it and i wasn't sure if i could iron it or not <laughs> so <laughs> i'm kind of like waiting for it it's like hanging i'm waiting for the like the big creases to come out of it which they may never because it's been like that for four months now so <laughs> but like that's the only cloth map that i have that i actually know where it is but every time i see one in a collector's edition it's like i need it <laughs> so ridiculous yeah i mean um i've i've moved away from again if you've been listening to the show for a long time you i i used to get a lot of the collector's editions and i've i have moved away from it although um, my Metroid Dread uh, box behind me is is constantly staring at me like, yeah, you beat the game a year ago. When are you going to look at the art book? I know you were scarred by looking at the art book for Mass Effect 3 before finishing the game <laughs> um, and then got all worried that they spoiled the final boss, even though it said in fine print like that. Ah, this is a concept. It, it, it didn't actually uh, we didn't actually go with this. Um, but yeah, like it, this is a this is a huge collection. Obviously, they have. You know, um, a standard edition, a digital deluxe edition, which gives you some stuff. But the biggest items, as you said, it is interesting to see that they kind of have two collector's editions, like big collector's editions that have the hammer. Well, the, they did the same thing for Horizon, right? So there was there was a mammoth edition that you could get that didn't have Regala riding on top of it. So you could get the mammoth without the extra figure. Um, and I mean, obviously, the hammer is the same in both. Uh, collector's editions but um like there are a couple of of changes like we mentioned the map is in the bigger one and then so <laughs> and this is this is how insane they're like how insanely good their marketing is slash how broken my brain is because i'm looking at this going oh but there's a really cool dice set too i don't play dnd i am never going to need these but i feel like i need them <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like gg marketing team <laughs> and i feel like the the dice set looks cooler in the more expensive one as well because it looks oh, like yeah, almost definitely. It's a different material so yeah so the the like lesser the the normal collector's edition has wooden dice and then the uh yacht edition Yatnar yeah. edition um has uh has the upgrade has the the silver and blue ones <laughs> 
yeah, this looks good. I mean, I won't be buying um any of these expense like it's going to be expensive enough buying the $90 game. <laughs> I was going to say I feel like I need to at least at least play the first God of War game before I'm allowed to even look at buying a collector's edition of the second game. So I have until like November to figure this shit out. But like, man, <laughs> they really got me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you do have access to God of War on your PS5, I think, through. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. Like, I have no excuses, no excuses. But yeah, Ryan, you have to hold me accountable. Like every week, I want you to ask me, have you played God of War? Have you bought the next collector's edition? And it better be <laughs> yes before it is yes and yes. <laughs> All right. So what is it? So I'm writing this down so everyone knows. So, ask <laughs> so yes, you have Joffrey. to hold me accountable. Ask me if I played the first God of War. And until I finished it, <laughs> you have to remind me I am not allowed to buy the Ragnarok collector's edition. I can't. <laughs> okay. So don't buy expensive. You're going to be my conscious <laughs> conscience here. Cloth <laughs> map edition before finishing 2018 game because what if i hate it what if i hate god of war like possible <laughs> i might <laughs> i mean it probably won't but i might hate it <laughs> at least with horizon at least with spending all of that money on the horizon collector's edition which uh a friend found in like uh the equivalent of like oh dustin who's been on the show before um, he actually found a Regala edition of Horizon Forbidden West in what essentially amounts to a thrift store with the statue in it and with the a working game code, and it cost him like 20 bucks. I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I paid over $300 for that. <laughs> but I also had it, you know, day one. Is This was months after release, but still. <laughs> you never know what you're going to find. You never know. You never know. So uh, anyways, um, there was also some some news this week about uh, Game Pass uh, and how Xbox 360 games are no longer going to be a part of Xbox games with gold, which I thought was gone. I thought it was all rolled into Game Pass now. Right. Yeah. So games with gold has been around um, before Game Pass as well. And it's sort of the equivalent. It was like to... the precursor, right? Yeah, essentially it was uh, it was sort of I can't I believe it was it came first or maybe it was after PlayStation Plus. The the timing is kind of all over the place. But yeah, with Game Pass, anything they offered with games with gold was kind of like, oh, OK, that's that's good, I guess. There was I don't think there's really been anything that I've picked up from games with gold, uh, especially recently. But yeah, they would offer two Xbox One games and two Xbox 360 games. Um, spread out over a month and I guess one would unlock two would unlock at the start of the month and two would unlock at the the midpoint of the month and um, the way it worked in terms of the licensing was the 360 titles you would be able to own no matter what once you added them to your account you didn't need to have an active subscription to play them they were just yours they were part of your account right and that is going to remain the same so if you have like received an Xbox 360 game through Games with Gold um, and or any that you get between now and October 1st, um, once you add them to your account, they're not like taking them away, which I think is what a lot of people thought when they saw this is that as of October, you were no longer going to have access to those 360 games. But that's not the case. They're just saying as of October 1st, we don't have any more to add. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I think they then basically the way they were worded is we've reached our limit of, of our ability to bring 360 games to the catalog. And I mean, like, it's been a program that's been around for a while. Um, I mean, I think so. Basically, they say like October 1st, you're not going to see any more 360 titles. Uh, I can't remember if they said like they're going to be replacing those 360 titles in terms of like the monthly allotment with with Xbox One games. Um, I don't think that is sort of mentioned in this story, but they have not, they have not like added series X and S games to this program yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but they do say they will continue to include exciting Xbox one titles and exclusive savings. So it sounds like we're still going to get those monthly Xbox one titles. There just won't be 360 titles. We'll have to see whether they upgrade the program to kind of say, okay, now the Xbox one titles are coming with 
Series X and S. Obviously, it all runs on your Series X and S because it's all backwards compatible. But yeah, like the idea being, you know, because there's no more 360 titles they're adding, there's no like, I can add this to my account and have it forever. Like the Xbox One games require an active subscription to play them. They're still part of your account, even though you're you are you may be unsubscribed, but you have to have an active gold subscription to uh, to boot them up. Similar to the PlayStation Plus experience. Same idea mm-hmm. there. So, uh, I, I mean, I saw this news and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, as you said, outside of like, are they clawing back those 360 titles and removing that side of the program? No, it's just they're not going to be offering them anymore. And, and frankly, like the 360 is so far removed that I I mean, the news wasn't surprising. Like eventually they were going to cut the the 360 from a program like this. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's just that, um, the 360 is one of those systems that I feel like a lot of people have a lot of nostalgia for that. It was kind of like looked back upon kind of like wow gamers do with wrath of lich king. Like (laughs) you look back on Xbox 360 and you're just like, damn, that was a good time to be a gamer. <laughs> like there were so many good 360 titles. No other generation had the titles the 360 did. Like it's a very back in my day <laughs> type of a system. So I can see why people would potentially be um, like upset by this news, thinking that they're not going to be um, like su- supporting the 360 anymore. Um, but I mean, those titles are still there. So you can still play them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But uh, yeah, the games with gold stuff is never really. I mean, if you see the the current offerings, it's 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 not really anything to write home about. Yeah, I honestly like like I said, even off the top of this story is like I there's so many different like subscriptions and tiers of stuff now like I can't keep track of of who does what where and I'm like I just have my game pass ultimate now on Xbox and I thought I had upgraded my Xbox live gold to the game pass so I was like wait there's still like those other options like what because I I think the idea of ultimate is that it's everything rolled into it right so like I have ultimate and I don't have to have all the other stuff, <laughs> but it's it's confusing with all the services and the subscriptions and stuff. And I understand wanting to give people options and tiers depending on um, like what you actually need out of your gaming experience. But it's getting complicated, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what it comes down to is, you know, for for folks who who buy um, the newest sports title like the NHL or uh, they want to just play Call of Duty um, on their platform of choice, it makes sense to only buy the thing that allows you into the multiplayer world. Exactly. Which still should be included with the console, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Like, well, if you buy a multiplayer game, you should be able to play the multiplayer game. Yeah. And, and free to play titles are, are excluded from requiring. Right. Yes. True. Yeah. They are exempt. So there is that. Yeah. Uh, and then one final story that we have, um, and this this was actually, um, I guess, a story from a couple weeks back now, but um, we kind of like tagged it onto the end of the show in case we were ever running a little short, um, because I think it's just a it's a fun kind of little discussion topic to have um, for two reasons. So the story was on IGN a couple of weeks back that The Witcher 3 is the most backlogged game on how long to beat. And so I've used how long to beat Ryan. I don't you've have you ever used their services before? Yeah. Anytime I'm like, oh, I should start this game and figure (laughs) out how long will it take me to to finish. Like, it's more like it's less of how long will it take me to finish it? And more like how likely am I to fall off before finishing it if it's more than 20 hours or. Right. You kind of have your own internal like cutoff. Like if it's going to take more than X hours, I probably won't see the end of it. <laughs> yeah, it's more or less like a like an early warning sign of like, OK, how am I am I accidentally going to fall off this title? And and uh, anything over 20 to 30 hours is like, OK, I think that's a safe bet that I can I can focus on this long enough. And other times it's like, oh, I'm I'm 15 hours in. How much longer do I have to go? And I know like. That's like pausing in the middle of a movie to determine and then your brain can <laughs> immediately think, oh, well, these six things need to happen in the next half hour. So I guess we're I guess I figured out the plot now. Um, my brain doesn't necessarily go that route. It's more just I need to know, like, OK, how much how much more of this uh, 
fun game. It's I'm having fun, but how much more do I have to go before I have to figure out what I'm playing next? But so you're familiar with how long to beat. <laughs> for sure. And so I I didn't really know, like, so I'd, I'd used it the same way you did. Basically, like if I usually it would be like once I finished a game, I like to go and see how long it took other people to beat it. Mm-hmm. Just so I can see, like, am I fast? Am I slow? Did it, does it seem like I missed a whole bunch of stuff or, you know, like, am I terrible at games? <laughs> Which sometimes is the case. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so like I've I've basically used it in in a very superficial way. Um, but when I saw this list come out, I actually went into how long to beat and uh, like made an account and everything else. And you can like import your Steam library, uh, which was a little depressing for me <laughs> to see how many games I had literally no time in. I'm just like, oh, my God, this is terrible. <laughs> but you can like uh, so it's all it's all user. Di- it's all user driven. It's all user provided information. But you can like create an account and enter in games and and say like how much playtime you you have in them and you can link your different accounts and stuff and it's actually it's it's kind of a nice like consolidation service and it's it's quite intuitive and i was really surprised because again like i've I've always used it on such a superficial level um and so basically it is all user provided data and so what this uh this 25 top 25 most backlogged games is you can literally go into your list of games, whether it's imported from Steam or whether you've, you know, added them manually. Um, and you can say, you can basically assign it to a different list. So you can say like, there's like a completed, there's now playing, there's um, archived as in stuff that like you, like you don't want to play or will never want to play. Uh, I think there's also like abandoned, but one of those lists is backlogged. So you can basically say, I really want to play this game, but I can't right now. <laughs> so uh, of all of the games on How Long to Beat, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt specifically is the most backlogged game filed by, followed by Bioshock 2, Bioshock, and Bioshock Infinite. Why are you guys not playing Bioshocks? <laughs> They're phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, especially like all, all of them are. I feel like 2 gets a bad rap, but... Uh... But one and infinite, I really, really enjoyed. So I liked all three of them. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just love the like steampunky dystopian everything. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the problem with two is like it, it felt odd to return to Rapture after after the events of one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a little, it was a little soon, but um, it, yeah. But that being said, like the the premise here being like the most backlog game the witcher 3 i can completely understand because it is such an immense game and i i I was trying to remember even last week when we were talking about bringing this on the show i'm trying to like i remember completing the main campaign i remember completing uh the first dlc but i don't think i finished the second dlc so i think technically it would be in my backlog right like it would still Mm. be there well yeah so according to how long to beat it takes 52 hours to beat the main story in witcher 3 104 hours to do the story and side quests and 173 hours to finish everything. That is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's quite a bit of game. Uh, and, and, you know, it's funny, though, the really cool part about The Witcher is that honestly, <laughs> like you could you could play this game and you, you even if you played at launch and you were trying to do all everything, basically, uh, there still has not been another Witcher experience yet. So like, that's always my concern with, with games is like, oh, I have to finish this before the next one comes out. And I mean, you could say the same thing for Bioshock too. Like if you've got Bioshock Infinite and this is just me giving an excuse to everybody to like basically not go back to these games because uh, there there isn't going to be another Witcher or Bioshock experience in a while. So we still got plenty of time to finish these titles. I was going to say, for comparison, the reason why I giggled. So after Witcher 3 of 173 hours to beat everything, you can beat everything in Bioshock 2 in 24 hours. <laughs> 11 hours for main story, 15 hours for story insides, 24 hours for everything. <laughs> you have no excuses, people with Bioshock backlogged. <laughs> there you go. No excuses for Bioshock. Um, although I did scroll down a little bit and I saw a game on here that... Uh, that I'm actually thinking of, I have started playing uh, because it came up when I think Hollow Knight, the sequel was announced. But Hollow Mm -hmm. Knight is is on this list. uh, Number 11, I started playing it. I'm going to talk about it next week because I'm I'm still working my way through it. But 
um it's a game i've always meant to get back to but it's interesting that it's that it's in the backlog so i wonder if like it's a game that can you can easily lose track of i don't know like so far i haven't quite seen that yet but um yeah i don't know how long i don't don't, how do you pull it up uh from the list uh or, or are you just looking it up separately Oh, you can just click on the title. (laughs) So uh, Hollow Knight says uh, 27 hours main story, 61 hours for everything. So, yeah, it's it's a big game. (laughs) I mean, I can see why maybe people would fall off of it. And, you know, that's what I find kind of interesting about this list is that like some of them, like The Witcher 3, are huge. Like um, Fallout New Vegas is another one um, that has 131 hours to finish everything. Um, obviously ESO or not ESO, just Elder Scrolls, no O. <laughs> Elder Scrolls Skyrim uh, is 232 hours to do everything. It's on this list. And so like things like that to me make sense. But then like the Bioshocks and, you know, speaking of Portal from earlier on in the episode, Portal 2 is on this list as well. Um, it's at number 15. And uh, Portal 2 is 22 hours to beat everything. You can do the main story in Portal 2 in nine hours. So really kind of what I would consider kind of bite-sized content, nothing that's going to take you way too long. But I guess like one thing I did notice that these games on this list kind of all have in common, because there's other ones like Half-Life 2, Batman Arkham City, Alan Wake, which we talked about earlier on this year, which everyone should play. Uh, That game was amazing. Um, like, uh, what else is there on here? Um, Darksiders, Dishonored, um, there's a lot of Borderlands 2, Tomb Raider, like, there's a lot of big experiences and games that I would say were pretty fairly well-liked and well-reviewed. Like, there's nothing on this list that I would say, like, really flat-out bombed. (laughs) And so I wonder if this is just the kind of thing where, you know, everyone's like, oh, man, everyone said so many great things about Fallout New Vegas. I really should check that game out. And then they buy it on a Steam sale (laughs) and then never actually find the time to go and play it. Because, yeah, like I say, the, the top 25 most backlog games very much do fit the, I would say, like the some of the most well-known titles in the last like 10 or more years. Yeah, no, that is a valid point. I, I think I look at this list and it's like, a, this is actually, you know, with the Steam sale ending and everything, like this is kind of a really good list of like, okay, what games should I add to my Steam list or Steam catalog to be able to go back to? And um, you've got all three Witcher games on here, Fall of New Vegas, as you said, um, a lot of super giant games like Bastion. Like looking mm-hmm. at this, it really feels like this is a... Uh, you know, more of like a top 25 list of like games that you should buy on Steam so you have a chance to get to them at some point in the near future. (laughs) (laughs) And then just everyone buys them and nobody's gotten to them, which is just, oh man, I feel like I found my people. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if if I had to look at this list, I mean, just based on the my experiences with buying Steam games, I think I own all of these which is not a hard feat because like you said a lot of these are older titles mm-hmm. um honestly the only one i probably don't own would be fall new vegas and uh hollow knight i think i have everything else through humble bundle stuff or just through... oh yeah that's true yeah yeah so like a lot of these have been included and i, I think the only reason i don't own fall new vegas before people you know start writing in discord is i think i rented it on playstation probably would have been PlayStation 3. So I just have not gone back to it. But I know that one has a very healthy mod scene on the PC. So mm-hmm. um, I think you can play it like completely redone uh, on PC. So uh, yeah, this is a this is a great list. And, and there are a lot of great games on here. Um, you know, Tomb Raider, like Tomb Raider goes back to your point of like, these are all really highly regarded games that people just probably figured they needed to get to at some point. Um, but Witcher 3 is at the top of the list probably because it's just such a, an immense game. It's probably the biggest mm-hmm. game on the list with all of, all of its DLC and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, so anyways, yeah, we do have a link in the show notes to uh, the 25 most backlogged games over on How Long to Beat. But more like more so than just I thought this was a fun conversation to talk a little bit about our backlog. Um, I do think How Long to Beat is actually a, a service that I think is really cool. And I kind of didn't realize it exists 
on more than like a very surface level. Like I didn't really know where the data came from, <laughs> but uh, the fact that it's all user provided, like a, I think it's a it's a really cool reflection of of these games, and and yeah, it's a really cool service. So um, I have tried it now, not sponsored. <laughs> Just I think it's really cool, and uh, if you guys are the kind of gamers that like to track what you do, track what you've played, or um, even just to you know, look for inspiration on what you should play or, you know, keeping track of your libraries, then uh, it's a really cool service and you guys should go and check it out. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Again, if you want to join the conversations or the game club over on the Discord, give us suggestions for what game we should play next as part of the TGI Game Club, head on over to our Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn Joss Plays. Ryan is R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. And uh, according to this, Jocelyn... 20 and a half hours for you to get that cloth map. That's all it's going to take. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> so if you got 20 and a half hours somewhere lying around, you know what you need to do.